94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Throwback. Couldn't record that now, could you, Ben? Actually, you could. You could be critical of everybody else and then record it. But then, you know. Look at a rap game. Well, that's what I'm saying. As long as you're picking the right side, baby. Hey, you know, uh, by the way, Ben Byram. Hey, Ben. Hey, Good Ben. See you. Ah, little Sonny Sunholder. There we go. Got the embers coming. <laughs> ben slaving there. It was. Ben is slaving away over a hot board here because so uh, Cornell Powell joins us today. We're going to have Cornell in about 15 or 20 minutes. I'm really excited about this. Been kind of corresponding with Cornell since last week, and uh, he got picked up, as you know, by now by the uh, Chiefs fifth round. Uh, and I'm excited to have him on. I know he had a, like an NFL PA type of uh, meeting, virtual meeting to be a part of uh, about an hour ago. So I, I'm assuming we're still good. Uh, but that's a little bit of a floating time. But I think we'll be fine with Cornell coming up, and I'm looking forward to talking to him. Uh, we were going to have him in studio, but he's not in town, so it, it, we'll get him in town. We'll get him in studio at some point down the road, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, you know, this kind of hit me, Ben, because we were, you know, talking a little bit about what we we're going to do here today. We have Cornell. We got some Cliff Godwin audio, which has got some interesting stuff in it. Uh, but. Uh, we were, I was going to let you vent a little frustration on the Panthers draft. We really didn't have time for that yesterday, minus just a kind of a small Deontay Smith, Cornell Powell mention and, and kind of just looked at it. We got your guy from uh, at one Panther place tomorrow, John Ellis, so you'll be able to commensurate or, or compare notes with him. Uh, and I'm looking forward to having John on because John's a great opinion guest. But um, Terry Bradshaw apparently went uh, – uh, went, went after Aaron Rodgers in a big way this morning. And I mean, and just literally moments ago on the herd, which, you know, pre uh, precedes our show here, you got Adam gold at noon and then the herd from three to five. Uh, he was basically going, still going in on, on cowherd, right? Yeah. Not going, still going, not going, it. he was going in on Aaron Rodgers on the cowherd show more appropriately. Retracting. Yeah. He's standing by his statements. So look, and I know, look, I, I, I totally know football drives the bus, baby. Uh, the NFL, as Al Michaels so expertly said, the, the, everybody talks about how the ratings are down, but it's still number one. Uh, football is the, is the thing. Uh, it is the, the, the ratings winner. Nothing else gets the rating. And, and then college football second behind the NFL, quite obviously. So, you know, I, I love football as much as the next guy. If I miss some Sunday games, I'm not heartbroken. I love the NFL, but I don't have a team like you do, Ben, and like a lot of our listeners have. I mean, I, I have rooting interest if, you know, there's a team I can kind of latch on to. Yeah, I don't mind seeing the Panthers do well. I was excited of the year they went to the Super Bowl uh, last time around. You know, I, but I'm, I'm not like a diehard crazy fan. But I love the red zone. 
And it's the crazy, you know, awesome. I, I could just sit there and get lost in the red zone and watch it. And if, if my wife has nothing planned for us or I don't have something planned, I might get sucked in all day, you know, and that's kind of relaxing for me. That's one of the things I really enjoy about the NFL season. I just watch because it's constant plays. I love it. So my point being, I don't really get into the, uh, you know, as they said on Lonely Island, you know, from the pregame jokes to the wrap up show, because those pregame shows are hideous. They're all- I mean, they're just beyond all. You got skits up there now. They're always the worst with that guy. I, mean, I don't like can't tell you his name, but I don't like his face. Ron Riggleman. So, you know, Fox ESPN, CBS, it's just look. And if you like watching him, your business, baby, God bless you. It's not my, not my jam. Um, if they asked me to come and, and do a little uh, skit for them or hosting, I'd be happy. I'd be all in, but they're not. So uh, my point being, Bradshaw, whenever you watch anything of that, because occasionally, you know, I catch that, as I'm sure you do, Ben. And Terry Bradshaw is a character of himself. You don't like the fact where you don't like the part where he's like, you can win my money. You can have a chance to win Terry's money. I'd love Terry's money. You don't like that that part? I'm not 100% I know what you're talking about. But my point is Terry is kind of the, the, the comic relief on there. You know, and the problem is Terry's a really a good and opinionated football mind. That's what made Terry so great on that show, and that's what made the Fox show so great in its infancy, uh, is they had guys that were willing to make statements and say things on there uh, and, and give opinion. I, I thought it was, in its beginning stages, a great show. Terry Bradshaw, again, a fabulous uh, player, and I think better on TV than what we get out of him on Sundays. And uh, something like this proves that. Now, you may or may not agree with what he has to say here about Aaron Rodgers. But the fact that he is saying this, and, and it seems like Terry, every offseason at some point, pops up and says something that is, uh, you know, opinionated and in some circles considered controversial. And I that's what the I Mike think. Tomlin, the uh, Mike yeah, Tomlin ex- comments. Exactly. And But uh, what I think it shows you is that there's a guy who actually has an opinion but because of the confines of being the funny guy on the pregame show, he never is really able to go in on people. I, I wish they'd let him do more of this. So I, I'm not so sure this is not from TMZ, but we got the audio from the fan in New York. If you listen to the other fan, they're probably hating on Terry uh, right now with uh, OVs and uh, my guy, Gilio. I love Gilio, but good God. But anyway, um, let's... What, what show is this from? Gravy Stain and the Cheese? What is this from? Moose and Maggie. Okay. <laughs> so close. not gravy. You're close. <laughs> I was close. Gravy Stain and, and, and the Cheese Grade or something. Uh, Moose and Maggie on the fan in New York City. Uh, this is Terry Bradshaw. His comments on Aaron Rodgers. Give it a listen. With him being that upset shows me just how weak he is. Who the hell cares who you draft? I mean, I never... Is a three-time MVP in the league, and he's worried about this guy they drafted last year at number one. And for him to be upset, my God, I don't understand that. Pittsburgh drafted Mark Malone number one, Cliff Stout in the third or fourth round. I had I had him coming at me from all angles. Uh, I embraced it because when we went to practice, I wasn't worried about those guys. You know, it didn't scare me a bit. So I don't understand. Why he's so upset uh, at Green Bay. And then, then if they fire the general manager, he'll come back. Are you kidding me? Really? Aaron, that's, that's where this is. Here's what I do. 
I wouldn't budge. Let him gripe. Let him cry. Retire. You're 38. Go ahead and retire. See you later. I mean, I'm really strong about stuff like that. And it just makes him look weak. In my way of looking, it makes him look weak. Do you think the threat is an empty one of retirement from Rodgers? Hadn't thought of it like that. <laughs> Terry makes this bold statement about retirement. Well, if you think it's a, a legitimate threat, man, I never really thought about it. That's what makes Terry so great. Now, that was funny by Terry right there. But, Ben, am I right about that's a better version of Terry Bradshaw than we get any Sunday morning. Yeah, on am Sunday, right? he's the goofy guy that just does the funny little skits and right. doesn't I, and really look, offer anything to the table that's interesting. In and opinion. I get it's TV. And TV, I mean, and look, I get where we, we're an entertainment product. I totally get that. I'm not naive to think we're not. You know, Ben and I stick it up a little sometimes. Ben's a real thoughtful guy. But we stick it up with the B-Baby Byram uh, character or whatever. I mean, that's, you know, kind of a funny thing. But, you know, I, look, I totally see Terry Bradshaw's point. And the thing with Aaron Rodgers is interesting because I think the Matt LaFleur playoff thing and the heat there is a little bit of a crystallization of the overall rancor that has uh, manifested between Aaron Rodgers and the organization and management, right? That, that's more accurate than the, the floor thing is kind of the icing on the cake. Would you agree with that, Ben? That, that decision in the playoff game last year. Oh, yeah, no that's, doubt. I yeah. kind of peeled back the curtain and kind of showed, like, yeah, yeah. There, there's something more and greater going on here in Green Bay that we don't know if, about. If Aaron Rodgers, and look, behind the scenes, uh, you know, disputes are as old as the hills. There's, there may be some going on closer to home than we realize in certain circles, um, athletically. Oh, but there are always tense moments when you have type A personalities, when you have competitive people and creative people, people that want to succeed and win. There's always, you're always going to butt heads. It happens in every business happens everywhere. Hey, just, Aaron Rodgers, is a TV star. Now he's got a, well, it's funny. You bring that up then. You know, it's not like he's in his 40s. He's 38. He can still go. But he's options. He's got options. And if you're a man with options, you're a dangerous man. You know, that's what you, that's one of the, at least in my existence, I've found. It, it, to me, is a, a key to life. What are meaning of life? Options. If you're, if you're an individual with options, you're, you, you in certain circles have lived a good life. If you have options and right now he's got options, he's got a, a, a job. Look, I don't watch jeopardy. I did watch some of the, uh, dates that Rogers hosted and I thought he was phenomenal. I thought he was really, really good. I'm not a big Aaron Rodgers fan, not a fan of his personality, but he's really a bright guy and he was great and they will pay him very well to do that and not get beat up. He'll still be on TV commercials, right? I mean, Peyton Manning's made a heck of a career. And is it taking a beating anymore? He's a state farm uh, guy now. Yeah, exactly. He's getting the Rogers rate. Right. I mean, Rogers is, so he's a man with options, so he can be vocal. But you're going to hear people that are going to come down on the Rogers side of things here talk about how uh, Terry's a, a, a Neanderthal. But to me, this is a good version of Terry Bradshaw, and I, and I do see some of the point in what he said. Look, he mentioned Cliff Stout. By the way, Cliff Stout connection to ECU, Ben? 
Cliff Stout used to be the analyst on the old Pirate Sports TV network back in the uh, 90s. Wow, there we go. Yeah. Keeping it Greenville. Keeping keeping it pirate. Cliff Stout's been to Greenville a time or two. Uh, But, you know, that's that's sort of the deal with um, with with it's a business. Our guy Cornell, we love Cornell. It's going to be a business. It's going to get real. Now, look, Cornell went through a great program where it's competitive. It's going to be a a real it's going to be it's a business. It's about to get real, you know, and he went to a place where he can, you know, be. He, he he sustained through the competition. Did Cornell? He got on the field. He succeeded. Uh, we were going to give a little time to your Panthers draft, and we discussed it before. I, I'm not wild about the J.C. Horn pick when you had Sertan still on the board. In fact, pick next. I certainly am not wild about where it happened in the first round. He'd have been there later. Could have traded back. Had no problem traded back later. Why didn't you trade back then? I'm not crazy about the Terrence Marshall selection another bad pick i i'm not i don't know if i want to go there ben but I, and i know you're emotional about this but you Tom could have gotten, didn't need to trade back well yeah you could have gotten a receiver somewhere you know matter of fact they got one later on <laughs> that, that they did <laughs> that they did um and then i like the brady christensen pick that's a good pick i can't dog that pick well, I, I think they got a really good offensive lineman. You know, we wanted him to get one early, but think how it ended up falling. They really got a good offensive lineman. No problems there. Mm-mm, no. Uh, Tommy Trimble? Guy had 35 catches in his college career. What are we doing here? He's getting compared to George Kittle for some reason? Come on. I don't, mind the, Hubbard, I don't mind the Hubbard pick in the fourth round. I'm fine with that. You, you need a second running back. You need a guy yeah. behind McCaffrey. And he's kind of built like a guy that can take some punishment, right? Yep. He, he kind of filled, he can fill that Mike Davis role. I like it. Davion, Davion Nixon, you address a need there, defensive tackle. As the great Steve Logan said, the good Lord didn't make enough defensive tackles. I don't mind Deontay Brown late later on. You I like need that an pick. offensive lineman, yeah. First team all SEC for whatever that's worth. You get the Hoskins kid out of Kentucky in the seventh round. You know, I don't know if he's going to stick, but he's 6'5, 315. It's a seven round pick. It's all right. Not a big Look, deal. You can't teach 6'5", 315. Uh, the Keith Taylor pick, you know, I, I don't know enough about it, to know, but I mean, you get guy's a corner. guy's a clown. He sucks. Wow. All Moving right, on. but you get a corner. Uh, the Smith kid, boy, they had a real fixation with getting some South Carolina Gamecocks, didn't they? And maybe the Smith kid will turn, but I, I'm sure there were receivers there. Well, think but, back to last year. There seems to be a theme here. They had a fixation on getting Temple and Baylor guys, and we saw how that worked out. There's a Temple guy that's walking right out the door, and he's in Denver now that we still owe money to. Give me a little Thomas. So Thomas Fletcher, the long snapper, becomes the uh, subject of a video that's gone viral because Matt Rule called him. Let's go ahead and hit this real quick. Matt, Now, look, Matt Rule... Um, you know, he, he, he wanted Temple, which was a graveyard, right? Right. He wanted Baylor under some really bad circumstances at Baylor. I mean, he came in and they were terrible the first year, but he turned it around. I mean, let's give the devil his due, right? I think he's had his bright spots in the league so far. He's got some questionable coaching decisions, especially when you look back to that Vikings game. That was horrendous. But, you know, there's some bright <laughs> spots when it comes to his rookie years as a coach. He's, I don't think he's the greatest orator on earth. 
Oh yeah, no doubt. A <laughs> little awkward when he talks sometimes. So let's let's just sit back and enjoy. I'm sure you've heard it, but I want to hear it again. The awkwardness that is this conversation to say, "Hey, long snapper fellow, we're drafting you." Hey, Fletch, what's up, bro? What's up, brother? You coming or what? Uh, trying to figure it out right now. No, 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 no. I just drafted you. You coming or what? Are you kidding? Yeah, bro. No, you yeah. did not. Yeah. Welcome to Carolina. Are you serious? Yeah, man. Welcome to the Carolina Panthers. Dude, chill out, brother. <laughs> Dude, I cannot wait to help you win, man. <laughs> I cannot wait to help you win. I love it. I love it. Well, hey, here's Dude, thank you, brother. Yeah, thank here, you. Here's wrong with Mr. Stepper. Hold on. <laughs> Fletcher, you can be good at Carolina. <laughs> Dude, let's go, baby. You ready, man? You ready? <laughs> oh, God. Are you kidding me? Am I ready? I'll walk my happy ass to Carolina right now, dude. You walking? I'll walk. If you want me to, I'll crawl my hands and knees, bro. <laughs> we'll get you an escort here, okay? Golly, dude. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Tepper's a lunatic, isn't he? He's Cut. a lunatic. How, how about that he gets on there and he asks him, are you ready to come here? He's like, ah, it's not made my mind up. Because that's if you're these undrafted free agents, they re reach out to you, and you kind of get to pick where you go because you often hear that. Well, he, he picked a good situation. Uh, that's kind of the case, you know, what would happen with uh, Blake Prohl. What's up, P-Dog? What's happening? <laughs> come to Carolina? Uh, I'm still thinking about it. Well, we just drafted you. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I'm there. Oh, I wasn't expecting to get drafted. I'm a long snapper. What are you doing? <laughs> Bad decision, coach. His mother was a long, his dad was a long snapper. His mother was a mother. All right, uh, we'll break. Uh, I love the Bradshaw stuff. I think it's great. All right, we're going to link with Cornell Powell. We'll get into some of uh, what Cornell's uh, next few weeks are going to be like and uh, talk to him about the whole process. When we return, Rose Legend, Clemson star, now a Kansas City Chief, Cornell Powell, next. Online or on the go, log on to our brand new website, 943thegame.com, to listen to The Patrick Johnson Show weekdays at 5. It might be crap, but we love it! Or tell your smart speaker to stream 943 The Game to take us anywhere you are at any time. Getting the Pirate Nation home. It's The Patrick Johnson Show. The drive home should be a delight. Here on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. And Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. Yeah. Yeah. Draft day. Johnny Manziel. Five years later, how am I the man still? Draft day. A. Wiggins. That other side, we stay winning. Oh, man, you know I had to do it for you. You know I had to do it for you. PJ Show yeah. here on 94.3 The Game. Uh, Cliff Godwin, Pirate Report coming up. Let's go to the phone, so. Guest line where uh, the great Cornell Powell joins us uh, here. So, uh, Ben, before we bring Cornell in, so Jay Sunalder and I are doing uh, TV for the state football championships this uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. We're going to be up in Chapel Hill. I, I might need a tetanus shot. But anyway, um, the last time Sonny and I did a state championship game together, like broadcasted, Rose played Catholic. And my guy here on the phone, Cornell Powell, opening kickoff, boom, 90 yards, baby. 90 yards. Cornell, do you recall this? Man, that that was amazing. And, and I thought 
from that opening kickoff, man, I thought that we had the game for sure. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, you know, God had other plans, and um, you know, it, it didn't work out. But eventually, um, I, I got a, I got a state champion, I got a national championship. Well, so I'm say, way more happy with that. And you did all right for yourself. You did okay for yeah. yourself. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll uh, say this. That yeah. state championship, it wasn't for a lack of Cornell Powell trying, because uh, I think you did everything <laughs> in that game. Uh, <laughs> Cornell Powell with us. Going fifth, uh, the fifth round of the Chiefs. Congratulations on uh, on fulfilling that dream and going to the NFL. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. And it was uh, such an amazing feeling uh, getting that call from them. You know, it really didn't matter who it was, you know. Uh, I just wanted to live out my dream, but to be able to go to the Chiefs and and walk into an unbelievable situation where I'll have, um, you know, the best opportunities to win a Super Bowl, you know, year one, fresh out of fresh out of college is like, you just can't make it up. So I think it's uh, remarkable that you go from playing in college with the number one overall pick to probably the best quarterback in the NFL now. I mean, two different guys. Uh, two different styles, but you're living pretty good. You go from Trevor Lawrence to to potentially your Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, you can't you can't uh, can't do any better than that. I, I would say, and so just being able to go from one great quarterback to the next is you know it's, it's unbelievable. But I'm just excited to get get in the get get in the, get get in Kansas City and just be able to work with with uh Patrick Mahomes and all the other receivers and you know and uh put together a Super Bowl run so. you know uh Cornell Powell's with us here on the phone uh you of course um uh you know Terrence Copper played at ECU then spent 10 years in the NFL and he's part of our game day ECU coverage uh here and lives in uh Eastern North Carolina came back home you know, played for Washington and all that. Uh, Terrence, you know, played for four different franchises. The Saints, pretty good one there. The Cowboys uh, and the Ravens, which he, he speaks fondly of. But uh, he spent a long time in Kansas City, and he, he really said that was his favorite stop. I think you're going to, you know, it's obviously a big city, but it is, uh, it, the fans are like, it's like a college environment. And, of course, you, you were in a great college environment in Clemson. So, that has to be kind of exciting for you, I guess, is is that you're in a place that really lives and breathes football. Yeah, uh, a lot of the fans, they reached out and showed a lot of love, uh, saying, welcome to Chiefs Kingdom. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was just special, um, especially because you know, just being able to receive a lot of love, man, it's, you just can't, you just can't, you just can't write it any better. So I'm ready to get to work. I, I, I want to ask you this, and I don't want to—I don't want to create a viral moment where you're going to get yourself in trouble here. Uh, but the the play you made in the national semifinal, where you threw the guy Wade off—that—that that was that's my favorite. I think you threw him into the later rounds, is what you did, because there was a lot of hype <laughs> that guy was going in the first round. That was Ben's line, by the way, and I thought it was a great line. Uh, but you know, uh, take me back through that just particular play. Because I guess you make the catch and you turn and he's there, and you just throw him. It was amazing. It was amazing. Is that that was all instinctive? I I assume it was. It was definitely instinctive. Um, man, it was just me just trying to make a make a play with the ball in my hand, 
Uh, we was down at the time and just trying to give us a spark, uh, give us something to feed off of. And, you know, it, it just so happened to be <laughs> be that play and stuff. So, uh, you know, I, I, just, I wasn't you know, trying to well, – I was out there trying to, you know, raise my stock indefinitely. So, it's uh, – it just happened to happen that way, and you know, when, when, you're out, when you're out there, when you're out there, you know you don't have any friends, especially on the other teams. So uh, he was in the way, and you know he just became a, a victim of the stiff arm. How was the Senior Bowl experience for you? Because that that seems like that also helped you in this process. Uh, it was great uh, getting getting coached by NFL guys and just um, getting that experience, seeing how practices flow. Um, on the NFL level, uh, you know, and then just being around other top guys around the league uh, was definitely great as well. So, what did they have on you? They had some kind of GPS or some tracker on you that they were they were tracking how fast you ran during the game. Is that true? Uh, yeah, they they had this catapult. It's kind of like a catapult thing, and you know, it just uh, it it monitors your your speed. Uh, it monitors your accelerations and stuff like that, and uh, we we had that in college as well. But I think they do it in the league also. So, mm-hmm. cool. were you? I'm hearing you were like one of the, you were the fastest guy in that game based on that as far as like game speed. Is that right? Yeah, I think I was. Uh, I'm not sure. I didn't. I didn't give us the official numbers back because it wasn't like our college or university. But right. Um, I think I was, you know, I'm a pretty fast guy. (laughs) (laughs) Cordell Powell with us was picked up uh, fifth round going to the Chiefs. A lot has been made uh, of the fact that it did, you know, it took you a while to really get on the field at Clemson. I mean, and look, it's wide receiver you. It's a competitive room, uh, but you stuck with it. And we've talked a little bit about this before uh, on on the show. And, you know, I, I think the thing, it's very um, in vogue now for guys, if things don't work out instantly like they, you know, like other people, let's just say, feel like it should, maybe guys get in their ear and then they change their situation. You know, it seems to me there was probably chances where the average guy might have. But you stuck with the whole thing. Yeah. there. Now you're at Clemson. You're at, you're at the premier program in the country, or at least one of them between that and Alabama, I thought you were just going to get better being there. And, you know, it's it, we've run into this sort of, at least as of now, all's well that ends well. But, I mean, you never wavered or never doubted yourself in this whole thing, did you? No, nah, and uh, I was at the premier college in, uh, <laughs> at Clemson. <laughs> uh, but, but, no, uh, being there being there just brings the best out of you. Um, you know, you can either you can either – grow from it or run from it and i decided to to grow from it and it helped me out in the long run man it, it helped me uh, have this uh, incredible season and you know it put me in a place where i can get drafted and stuff staying there you know um, you know guys leave for different reasons but me staying was definitely uh in my it would help me in the long run so well and i think it's helped you become a young man uh i think it it has allowed you to to get a degree uh, and uh, you've met a lovely young lady, and you guys are, are engaged now, and, and congratulations on that again. So, I mean, I, there, there's a lot of things that that journey has 
has provided you and, and I think will provide you. Have you talked to anybody with, uh, obviously you have with the Chiefs, what, what was that process like? How soon do they let you know they're going to pick you up before the draft pick's announced? Um, so it, there was that pick, like 179, and he called me and was like, hey, we got 181, we're going to take you. And, you know, it's just like a, such a surreal moment. Uh, I had all my friends and family there. And, you know, uh, just being on the phone with Coach Andy Reid and Coach Joe, uh, man, you just you just like you can't you can't describe it, man. Uh, you just had to be there for it. And, and, you know, I'm just glad I got to experience it with all my friends and family. So, yeah, I think it was really cool. And, and uh, I, I, I whether you were aware of this or not, I was invited to the draft party, but I had to work, Cornell. Some of us have to work out here. So <laughs> I, I would have been there otherwise. I'd have been there otherwise yeah. if I was not working, but I had to work. So, um, but but I thought it was cool that you had, you know, your old coaches. Uh, you had Will yeah. Bland who coaches Rose. Now you had a lot of people from Greenville there and family, and I just thought that was really cool that you came back and did that on Friday. Uh, and uh, it was it was uh, I know a joyous occasion for you. Uh, your uncle I know is proud of you. your mom's very proud of you, and we all are uh, as well. And I've got a lot of texts blowing me up today. People wanted to know when you were going to be on with us. Uh, so they're real excited about uh, hearing from you here. Uh, what, since since you've been drafted, what is what have the last you know seventy two uh, hours, forty eight hours, seventy two hours been like? Emotional, uh, just a roller coaster, man. Uh, really, this today was really the first day I had time to just relax and uh, just take it all in. Um, but even then, I had meetings. This I had meetings today with the cheese and stuff. So it's just, man. Uh, you know, you just. You just got to take it for what it is, but know that, you know, the, the job's not finished. And, you know, you're back, back to work, man, back to square one, uh, trying to prove myself and just trying to make a way and be one of the best receivers to play in the NFL. So, What's the next uh, step for you? I mean, where do you go? I mean, obviously, you, you, you've got workout stuff that you're going to be doing, workout regimen. Uh, what, when's your first sort of, you know, on-the-ground Kansas City thing that you've got scheduled? Uh, May 12th, go there May 12th, and um, got Ricky Minicamp 14th through the 16th, and then OTAs, and then uh, another player development uh, thing, and then another season. So it's just never-ending. It's never-ending. Um, what are you going to be, other than working out and eating right, what are you going to be doing between now and then? Uh, planning this wedding. <laughs> planning the wedding. <laughs> So it's a busy schedule, busy schedule, but, you know, uh, I don't mind it. I'd rather have a lot going on and nothing at all. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, I, we asked you a little bit about Dabo and Trevor Lawrence last time um, we had you on. When you look at Trevor Lawrence, there was this big article written today, Ryan McGee, ESPN, put it out about uh, Lawrence's hair. Is that is that probably the best head of hair in, in football, in college football last year, you think, or maybe even in football now? Without a doubt, best head of hair in, in <laughs> college football ever. Have you had a chance to correspond with him? Any? Obviously, he you know he knew he was going top overall. Uh, any, yeah, any, we, worked out, we worked out today. Actually, we uh, we threw today um, at Clemson, and okay. uh, you know we both man we both on each other to succeed. So uh, just helping each other sharpen our tools and stuff. So. All right. Well, that's great. That's great. That's uh, that's that's an awesome bit of insight there. Hey, uh, it's great to talk to you. Uh, I appreciate. I know you're busy, so I appreciate you taking the time to be on our little radio program here. Uh, no and of course, you're welcome anytime. 
And uh, when we when it makes sense and we can work it out, uh, would love to get you in the studio. I think that'd be a lot of fun uh, to do that. But I appreciate your time with us here this afternoon, and best of luck to you. And uh, good luck with the wedding planning, having gone through that uh, about two and a half years ago. Just sit back and, and just nod your head. That's my advice to you. <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. All right. We'll see you. Thank you, Cornell. Uh, the great Cornell Powell there, Rose Legend, a great receiver at Clemson. They're leading receiver last year. How about that? He was thrown with Trevor Lawrence today, Ben. There's a little uh, there's a little nugget to put out on the social media. It's Pat Mahomes' new weapon now. <sighs> the guy's going to be successful. I, I just, I have no doubt about that. And he's a great human being and a great man and a good, good guy. And it's funny, you know, a lot of people the last few days have told me kind of stories about Cornell, uh, stuff that I never do. And, you know, uh, they have the deal where you go, the incoming freshmen go in at Rose and they, uh, you know, and, and like they know who Cornell is because Cornell was a great football player. And Cornell really helped a lot of these kids, you know, and showed them the ropes. And I mean, was just humble like he was there. Just a good dude, man. And uh, that's great. I'm happy for him, uh, happy for his family. And uh, I think he's going to he's going to be great. And I'm like you, but I think, you know, give him a couple years. Uh, that guy's going to have a good career. I really, I really do believe that. Uh, all right, Ben. We'll hear from Cliff Godwin. We got a lot of good stuff. A lot of good audio here today. Brad Shaw the kind of strange long stamper call. Uh, we got, we Cornell saying he was throwing with Trevor Lawrence today in Clemson. And then Cliff Godwin had some interesting things to say. Uh, we'll get to that in our pirate report right now. Ben's got some things to tell you about in the world of sports. Thanks, Patrick. We start with college basketball. Chill on as their new head basketball coach, Rob Burke, their fifth ever, ever in program history. Rob Burke is the son of Bob Burke, who coached the Chowan Hawks for decades. From the NFL, former Steelers left tackle and two-time Pro Bowler Alejandro Villanueva signs a two-year deal worth $14 million to the division rival Baltimore Ravens. Former third overall pick in New York Jets defensive tackle Quinnen Williams has fractured his foot and will be out of action for about eight to ten weeks. And the New England Patriots decline running back Sonny Michelle's fifth-year option while picking up offensive tackle Isaiah Wynn's fifth-year option. College football, Texas leading tackler and linebacker Jawan Mitchell has transferred to Tennessee. For Major League Baseball, Dodgers starting pitcher Dustin May will undergo season-ending Tommy John surgery. From the NBA, Hornets forward Miles Bridges has entered the league's health and safety protocols and is expected to miss multiple games as Charlotte is currently vying for a playoff bid. And the Carolina Hurricanes are back in action tonight as they host the Chicago Blackhawks at 7. The Blackhawks are looking to snap a five-game losing skid while the Hurricanes are on a four-game winning streak. A loss tonight for the Hawks to officially eliminate them from playoff from the playoff race. Expect to start in the net for the Hawks is Colin Delia while the Canes start Peter Morazic. That's going to do it for your 94-3 to game sports update. I'm Ben Byron. Back to you, Patrick. All right. Uh, don't forget about our friends at Bojangles. We have not. Uh, we're going to give away a, uh, a Bojangles gift card uh, to you now. All you got to do is be caller 5 to 252-561-GAME, 252-561-4263, and you will be a uh, winner of our uh, Bojangles gift card for today. At Bojangles, they serve up those hot, fresh, made-from-scratch buttermilk biscuits every day, all day. It's bow time. We'll take Caller 5 for the Bojangles gift card and then come back with our pirate report in just a bit. Testing, testing. Is this thing live? 
Outkick with Clay Travis, The Dan Patrick Show, and Adam Gold, all right here. More of The Patrick Johnson Show is coming up right here on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. 94.3 The Game. Uh, you- what's happening? Log on to our new website, 943thegame.com, for PJ Shot Podcasts and the latest news on the Pirates. This is happening. Now, back to Patrick Johnson on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Bojangles, serving up their delicious chicken and fixings and breakfast biscuits all day long in store or at the drive-thru. If you're ready for some comfort food, it's bow time. Our uh, caller, five today, Brian from Greenville One. Brian, congratulations. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. And uh, congrats on the Bojangles. Is he there, Ben? Hey, Brian. He might have run. He might have got his bow and said it's it's no time. No, I think he deserves to be disqualified for that. Come on, no, Brian. No, no, we'll we'll let Brian. He was caller five, fair and square. Oh, he Brian told me was, he was going to hang on. I don't like that. I know. B baby doesn't put up with that. <laughs> uh, it's okay. Congratulations to Brian. We wanted Brian to have a moment in the sun, but uh, mentioning him is good enough. So congratulations to Brian in Greenville. It's time for today's pirate report. Now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Well, hair of the dog. Um, let's see here. Uh, let's go with uh, Bobby Bebebebebop. Well, Tulane's the next series, Ben, right? So let's uh, get Coach Godwin talking a little bit about Tulane here. Cut five. They've played well. They're hot. They won 12 out of the last 13. Uh, I knew they were going to be good. Uh, I was a little bit perplexed about why they hadn't won as many games early in the season. So this doesn't surprise me, um, you know, and for all the people that are out there with the naysaying stuff is, hey, we're in second place. We're 30 and nine with the number one uh, team in the conference coming to Greenville. Uh, we have everything in front of us that we have wanted to do. And it is the balls in our court. And if we play well, good things will happen. If we don't, we'll lose. And, you know, um, we'll have to figure out how to get better. Tulane, uh, two-game lead in the loss column on the Pirates uh, coming in. Uh, ECU would uh, theoretically need a sweep in order to uh, be tied in the loss column. Uh, Obviously, winning the series, uh, the four-game set, gives you a, uh, you know, cuts a game off. If you split, uh, you... uh, I really know better than you started the weekend, so it's a big weekend coming up. Uh, Cliff Godwood talked about the new transfer rule for the NCAA today, and this is one of two really very interesting comments that Coach Godwin had uh, when he uh, talked with uh, Schleps in the media, uh, and that is uh, that the new transfer rule is bad, he thinks, for college athletics. It's it's not been, you know, baseball has had to sit out a year too. So we're in the same rules that football and basketball were pre- previously in. Now it's you get the one-time transfer. I think it's uh, bad for athletics. Um, I think it's bad for society um, because anytime somebody is not necessarily happy with their playing time, their coaching, coach yelled at me at practice, gives them a free opportunity to jump ship and, you know, I, I don't worry about it with our guys. I'm not saying that somebody won't transfer out of our program, but you just want to have close enough relationships where 
you know, when they have a bad day, it's not the end of the world and they're not transferring. I, I think we're just giving them an easy way out. And that's not really developing them for life. In my opinion, that's not the way I was raised. It's not the way my coaches raised me. Um, so yeah. Is there a specific situation that a kid really needs to transfer because there's a family? Yeah, there is. And that's why they have waivers, but to make it blanket, I, I just don't agree with it. You know, I, I, I do see this from the player's perspective. I, 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 I'm not saying Cliff's wrong. And I, I, I tend to be a little more on the side of the coaches on this, but I've come around to I get the, the situation for the players. The whataboutism in this is, well, if a coach leaves, should the player – absolutely. Should a player be able to leave without penalty if their coach leaves or is fired? And I think that the NCAA is sophisticated enough to make that happen. It is uh, the reason that this is being done, this transfer one time without having to, to sit out without penalty, however they're, they're phrasing it, is because the NCAA doesn't want to pay players. And they're doing everything they can as an organization to give into the players' desires and whims but keeping them at an amateur status. I have opinions and thoughts on that, and I understand and see both sides of it. But this is a mechanism of not wanting to have to pay players and keeping them in that amateur model. Um, again, I, I, I always see that college athletics is just ripe with money argument from a ECU or lower major perspective. Uh, you know, I see how many, you know, you can see the programs that have the resources to invest in things and do. You see programs that do not invest resources despite having them. You see programs that go lock, stock, and barrel and will put all the money in football or basketball, even though they don't have the money to do it. It's, it's an interesting, and that's philosophical by athletic department by athletic department. It depends on who's in charge. Speaking of money, uh, Cliff Godwin says, College baseball is underfunded. I think our sports under uh, supported. I mean, we have 35 players on any given year. This year, 40 because of COVID, and you get 11.7 scholarships. I mean, the kids that are on our team, 95% of them are paying more than what East Carolina is paying to go to East Carolina. What I mean by that is most of our guys are on less than 50%. So their families are paying more financially than what East Carolina is supporting them. And I don't think that's fair. And every other sport is supported better than us, in my opinion. Now, I don't have all the facts in front of me, so make sure you guys uh, can look into that a little bit. But we, we are very underfunded, and it's because we're a male sport, and there's always the Title IX issues. And um, that's the way it's always been. I mean, the third assistant not being paid when you have 35 players, like what, what are we talking about? You know, we talk about student athlete welfare all the time, but then when it comes to financially, it doesn't seem that we want to really do it. I don't think that's a dig at any, you know, it's not a dig at the athletic department there. I, I don't think that's the case. Let me just say that off, off the bat. I think that's just a dig at the way the sport conducts itself. I mean, look, they had the opportunity to, you know, create the third assistant spot. Now, likely that would, as I understand it, would have created a third, a third paid assistant for softball because of the title nine, the equivalency issues. 
And that certainly would have been a tough thing in this COVID era. But that came up a couple of years ago, and, I mean, there were some major players. ACC, Florida State was one of them. That's always stands out to me. Florida State, which has had a pretty, well, they've had a great baseball tradition, a decent baseball program. Certainly with their football and being in the ACC and the money they get from the network, they have money. But they were one of the many so-called P1 schools, baseball programs that voted against at the NCAA level the paid third assistant. And, uh, look, I, I agree there needs to be a, a, a paid third assistant. College baseball has made a, a, an explosion in growth. It is its own arms race, much like uh, football and basketball, as far as facilities and perks for the players and, and things that make a program go. ECU is one of the very best in the country when it comes to, to those perks. They're the best of the conference, certainly one of the best in the country. It's a national program. Uh, but it, it, it is a money-losing program, not just the Pirate program, but every baseball program. It, it, it's not considered a revenue sport, and that's the, top, that's the quandary of that. And if your TV deal in football makes enough money to, to allow you to, to have this arms race and win this arms race, that's why you see a lot of, it's not coincidental, you see a lot of successful SEC baseball programs. Not coincidental that you see that. And... You know, I think Coach Godwin knows better than anybody that you can, uh, that there's still things. He's not, again, I don't think he's talking about EC. I think he's talking about the game of baseball and the NCAA. There's things that they can do and govern to make it a sport that is progressing forward and doing things that are, again, in the best interest of the student athletes. So those to me were the two most fascinating comments from Cliff's meeting today with the media. And when you listen to Cliff Godwin, who's a smart guy, talk about that, it's always interesting. Uh, we'll get things wrapped up for you after this timeout, let you know what we're doing tomorrow on The Patrick Johnson Show. We'd appreciate it if anyone hearing this broadcast would communicate with us. More of The Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of the ECU Pirates. We are very anxious to know how far the broadcast is reaching. 94.3 The Game. And 94.3thegame.com. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. We almost got through the whole program without the uh, May the 4th be with you. We just couldn't. We couldn't contain ourselves. We couldn't help it. I really, really dig Star Wars when I was a kid. And when I was a kid. You grew uh, up, is what you're saying. <laughs> so, um, big thanks today to Cornell Powell. It's great to have him on. Um, enjoyed it. Tomorrow, we're going to preview uh, the Wells Fargo Quell Hollow in Charlotte. Uh, Brian Mall, our pal, covers uh, the PGA, will be with us. Looking forward to that. And then we've got... Uh, your guy uh, from uh, at one Panthers place. Oh, I'm ready. Was, you guys could compare some draft notes. I, I I can't tell if John was excited about the draft or not. I, it's hard to tell. So we'll get a clarity on that tomorrow. Uh, so join us then for the Patrick Johnson show. Have a uh, great evening, everybody.